and here we go. In the jungle, you must wait. Until the dice read five or eight. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Creating Geeks podcast is back. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Sarah. This is now episode 10. Wow, 10. I must note, every time I say my name, I wave like y'all can see me. It's it's really funny, and she never says (laughs) y'all. Which is also really weird. I jump around. Like Sometimes I sound like I'm Southern. Sometimes I sound like I'm Irish. I have no idea. So if you guessed from our little intro there, um, this week's episode is about Jumanji, um, the original uh, film, um, and the new, I guess you'd call it Jumanji 2, but it's kind of something different than that, and we'll get into that. Um, This topic was uh, brought up by our um, Twitter friend, Chris Finnick. He goes by at FinMonster09 on Twitter, if you're interested in following him. He's um, similar, funny, geek like us. On the Twitters, um, he actually bumped me up over $150 on my Patreon. Um, so I kind of put a little thing out there. And I don't do the level thing yet, but I wanted to put something out there being like, hey, whoever is the person that puts me over this amount, you get to pick a topic for this podcast. And he won and he picked Jumanji. So it was very exciting. Um, took us a little bit to get to it. Um, but we are here and we're ready to do it. So That was big- my fault. I didn't to finish the second movie. I can uh, never stay awake for a movie. Especially with the kids. We actually did, watched it during the day today somehow. And I still started getting sleepy. <laughs> anyway, so huge thanks to you, Chris. Um, uh, you know, it's been a little bit since we did this. And, you know, there's some people closer to this podcast and the geek world that uh, I'd like to mention. You know, we'll talk about it a bit more at the end. But we just like to say, um, rest in peace, Stan Lee. You know, if there's a person in the entire world um, who's done more in the world of geek culture as far as it would relate to your childhood all the way through to your adulthood and things you'd want to share with your kids it'd be him i can't wait to watch all the marvel movies with my kids um and see all his cameos so uh um sarah you have anything to say about stanley um i hope they have a lot of his uh little cameos bagged for future marvel movies because there won't be the same without wait to see where he pops up exactly it's almost like where's waldo um, yes. Um, we're recording this episode on the... S- they need to make a Where Stan Lee book of oh. all the Marvel movies. How do I get that out there? I don't know, like a children's book? Like a, like a Where's Waldo, but instead of Waldo, it's Stan Lee. You should write that and down. each page is a different Marvel Remember that, movie. we came up with that first, right here. <laughs> so, Disney, we know you're listening. Um, that's us. I want money for that. Yeah. Um... How do I get that idea to people? Like... I don't know. We'll, we'll have to talk when we're we'll focus. <laughs> if you're listening and you know where I can go to get that into fruition, please tell me, and I'll give you part of my profits. That's funny. Um, wanted to let everybody know. Uh, you know, we like to let people know where we're at when we're doing these things. And uh, this is the Saturday or now the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. So happy Thanksgiving to those of you celebrating or who celebrated. Um, we also just put up our Christmas tree. You've probably seen the pictures of it on Twitter. We just got it today. Um, it was awesome. You've already put pictures of our tree on Twitter? Yeah. Do you post pictures of your own excrement? <laughs> on Twitter. On Twitter. Like, I... everything you do all of a sudden is on Twitter. That's because people like me. Okay, Sally Field. <laughs> they really like me. Um, we also did some Black Friday shopping. Um, don't know which of you folk do that, but we did it. We, we got a Roomba. Roomba, Roomba, Roomba. 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 Um, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, we went out and said we're not buying anything for each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. Roomba, My Little Pony, Soundbar, portable DVD player, and a hard drive later. <laughs> I got a four terabyte external hard drive. But we did nail down a lot of our Christmas shopping. We are about 75, 80% done. I got a $200 hard drive for 85 bucks. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, I got a $300 Roomba for 200 bucks. So there you go. So anyway, um, back to what we're doing. Um... Those of you that are listening to this for the first time, you can find me on patreon.com slash thechippa. Um, thank you very much to all the patrons so far, particularly Chris Finnick, who um, picked the topic for this episode. Um, please contribute, share that around. Um, and also on Twitter, I call it The Chippa Made This. Um, I do podcasts, The Chipman Brothers Tangent, The Talkbuster Podcast, this one, and also Shooting the SHIT with Chippa. Um, that's my new um, uh, podcast done in a similar style to the Chipman Brothers Tangent, except it's a new person on every episode and um, a new topic. So there you go with that. Um, so without further ado, we'll get into this. Let's start with Jumanji. Sarah, do you want to read first or do you want me to go? I'll read first. Okay, so Jumanji... Jumanji is a 1995 American fantasy adventure film directed by Joe Johnston. It is an adaptation of the 1981, that's the year I was born, children's book of the same name by Chris Van Allsburg. The film was written by Van Allsburg, Greg Taylor, Jonathan Hinesley, and Jim Strain, and stars Robin Williams, may he rest in peace, Bonnie Hunt, Kristen Dunst, can't act her way out of a paper bag, Bradley Pierce, Jonathan Hyde, B.B. Newworth and David Allen Greer. Of In Living Color fame. The film was released on December 15th, 1995. Despite the film receiving generally unfavorable reviews from critics, it was a box office success, earning $263 million worldwide on a budget of approximately $65 million, and it became the 10th highest grossing film of 1995. So suck it, critics. A similar film, marketed as a spiritual successor to Jumanji, titled Zathura, A Space Adventure, was released in 2005 and was also adapted from a Van Allsburg book that was more directly connected to the Jumanji book. It was actually directed by Jon Favreau of Elf, Swingers, Maid, Iron Man, The Jungle Book, and with the new trailer out, Lion King fame. So that's kind of interesting. Um, in part of the... Uh, it is part of the Jumanji franchise and spawned a direct sequel. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which we're going to talk about next, as well as an animated television series, which I forgot about and don't know if I ever watched. Did you ever see the animated show? No idea. That even existed. Yeah. I'm still stuck on how Jumanji and Zathura were related. It's the Zathura. Um, have, have you seen the movie? I've heard of the book, but I've not seen it. So we'll, we'll need to watch the movie and do a follow-up to this, but from what I get, Zathura, it's basically, it's another board game that sucks people into it, yeah. except it's a space one. And so the kids go through, like, a sci-fi adventure. It's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it. Well, the direct sequel would be to, to Jumanji Welcome It's to more the of a spiritual successor. With Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, this statement here is, this movie we're talking about now is part of the Jumanji, Jumanji but franchise. Jumanji Welcome to Jungle is a direct sequel to, to Jumanji. Jumanji. Okay. Not I read that as a direct sequel to this. This, this okay. is why blah, blah, um, blah. doing this with an editor who doesn't know how to improv is very difficult. Shut up. <laughs> Anywho, um, go ahead, babe. I just want to take a. Well, we're talking about Chris Van Allsburg. He also wrote um, Polar Express. Did he? I didn't know that was him. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. If I'm wrong, may someone shoot me with an arrow. But I'm 99% sure that's him. And he also wrote one of my favorite, very odd kids' books called And the Z Was Zapped. It's an alphabet book. He definitely wrote that one. And each letter is, like, yanked off stage so the Z was zapped. And what happened to them starts with their letter. So Z zapped. Um, was the F flogged? I think so. I don't remember anymore. Um, v, um, E evaporated. I don't remember them all, but that was always one of my favorite books. And if that ever showed up at my house for me to keep, I'd be very, very excited. Anyways, plot of Jumanji. In 19... Uh, I can't even read. In 1869, near Brantford, New Hampshire... Which was filmed in Keene, New Hampshire. I was just going to say that. Two brothers bury a chest and hope that no one will ever find it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. A century later, in 1969, Alan Parrish escapes a gang of bullies and retreats to a shoe factory owned by his father, Sam. An employee, Carl Bentley, um, shows Alan the new shoe prototype he made by himself. Alan misplaces the shoe and damages a machine, but Carl takes responsibility and loses his job in the site. And uh, loses his job after the bullies attack Alan and steal his bicycle. He follows the sound of tribal drum beats to a construction site. There he finds the chest which contains a board game called Jumanji, which he brings home. Sam and Alan argue that Alan attending boarding school about Alan attending boarding school causing Alan to plan to run away. His friend Sarah Whittle arrives to return his bicycle, and Alan shows her Jumanji. And invites her to play. With each roll of the dice, the game piece moves itself by itself and a cryptic message describing the roll's outcome appears in the crystal ball at the center of the board. Sour reads the first message on the board and hears an eerie sound. Alan then unintentionally rolls the dice after being startled by the chiming clock. A message tells him to wait in the jungle until someone wrote five or eight. Alan sucked into the game and a colony of bats chases Sarah out of the mansion. 26 years later in 1995... Judy and Peter Shepard move into the vacant parish mansion with their Aunt Nora, their parents having recently died in a car accident in Canada. Is this a Disney movie? Soon after, Judy and Peter find Jumanji in the attic and begin playing it. Their roles release a swarm of giant mosquitoes and a troop of monkeys. The game rules state that everything will be restored when the game ends, so they continue playing. Peter's next role releases both a lion and an adult Alan, played by Robin Williams. Alan leaves the house where he meets Carl, who has been working as a police officer. What is he nicknamed Carl? Soul Man. Soul Man, yes. Okay. Which, um, it's 1995... Oh. <laughs> Alan, Judy, and Peter go to the now derelict shoe factory, where a vagrant tells Alan that after his disappearance, Sam and his wife abandoned the business and searched for Alan until their deaths just four years ago. Realizing they need Sarah to finish the game, three locate her, now suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder due to Alan's disappearance, and persuade her to join them. Sarah's role releases fast-growing carnivorous plants, and Alan's role next release... Role, next role releases a big game hunter, Van Pelt. Similar to the way Captain Hook and Wendy's father are often played by the same actor in renditions of Peter Pan, Van Pelt and Alan's father are played by the same actor. I don't know that I ever knew that. Isn't did that know, really cool? Did I know that? No, nah, uh. and I actually added that line. That's not from the Wikipedia article that I copied for these. Judy's next role releases a stampede of various animals and a pelican snatches the game. Peter retrieves it, but Alan is arrested by Carl and Peter transforms into a monkey after attempting to cheat. 
Later, Vin Pelt uh, catches up to Alan's friends and steals the game. Peter, Sarah, and Judy follow Vin Pelt to a department store where they fight him, retrieve the game, and reunite with Alan. When the four return to the mansion, it is now completely overrun by jungle wildlife. As the game releases further calamities and Van Pelt returns, Alan finally rolls a winning turn, causing everything that had happened as a result of the game to be reversed. Alan and Sarah return to 1969 as children, but have full memories of the future events. Alan reconciles with his father and admits that he was responsible for the shoe that damaged the factory's machine to prevent Carl from getting fired. And Sam tells his son that he does not have to attend a boarding school. Alan and Sarah throw Jumanji into a river and then share a kiss. 26 years later in 1995, Alan and Sarah are married and expecting their first child. Alan runs the factory, Carl still works in the factory, and Alan's parents are retired, but still alive. He and Sarah reunite with Judy and Peter and meet their parents, Jim and Martha, during a Christmas party. The parishes offer Jim a job and convince the shepherds to cancel their ski trip, in which they agree and begin a friendship with them. And then at the very end of the film, on a beach, two French-speaking girls hear drum beats as Jumanji lies, partially buried in the sand. Was it two French-speaking girls? Yes, it was. So what was your initial experience with this movie? Oh, wow. I, what year did it come out? In the 90s? 96. I probably saw it in the theaters. God, I don't know. I was still in high school. Yeesh. I definitely saw it in the theater. I'm pretty I... sure I saw it in the theater. Don't even know with who. Maybe my parents. I don't know, but I know I liked it because I like Robin Williams. And I was obsessed with finding the game. And I actually had friends that had the Jumanji board game. Um, but then it was hard to find. And now you can get it again at Target. Yeah, we have a copy. It's we got great. it last Christmas, and it's it's awesome. I love it. The game is a lot of fun. It, it has a nostalgia factor that having it right after the movie came out wasn't as fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I love I love the movie. It's a good like put on when you're bored. You know, just to... <sighs> put on but it's a good movie to put on when you're you know just background noise or whatever. I think it's fun. My uh, my initial experience with it, I remember um, being a kid and having it be advertised to high heaven. Do we have it on DVD? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> advertised to high heaven on TV. Like, you couldn't go, you couldn't throw a stone and look in the wrong direction without seeing something for Jumanji. And I remember it was a first big user of tons of digital effects. So there were rhinoceroses, the elephants, and things like that. You know, lots and lots and lots of digital effects. Um, granted, lots of movies had come before it, but this one really pushed it. And $65 million in the 90s was an expensive freaking movie, yeah. right? Um, so they also used a lot of practical effects. And it was a very interesting movie because, like, like they said, the critics, I don't think, knew what to do with it. Yeah. Um, you've got Joe Johnston, who made The Rocketeer. He made Captain America, the first Avenger. You know, th- this guy, he does period piece movies, um... He, he's really good at making things set in a different time. That's why the olden time stuff worked out so well. And he's a really good effects director. Um, and I remember watching this movie as a kid. And you know the things that kind of struck me then as being a little weird is I loved the adventure of the movie. And I loved being with the kids. But this was at a time when Robin Williams was like in everything and being pushed. Yeah. And he's not funny in this movie. It's a weird thing to go back and watch Jumanji. He's great in it. But he's not funny. Yeah. His character is actually sad. And like very dramatic, like very. Funny, but again, like he's not in it doing not. like the genie from yeah. Aladdin. He's very but subdued. I will say, Robin Williams. One of the best meme gifts I think you get it in either form 
is when he first comes back to the board game as an adult and he's, you know, covered in jungle and all hairy and he hasn't bathed and he sees, I think, the kids for the first time and they're the first people. Instead, he goes, what year is it? And that has become a meme. So, like, they're like you know, when you first wake up for Matt, but it's his picture and it says, what year is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, something like that. Another interesting things about the movie, you know, is uh, it, it, it plays with a lot of, like, those old-fashioned, you know, like, jungle safari movie things. But it sticks them all in the real world, and that's what I always really liked about it, was the world being changed by the game instead of you ever seeing what it looked like in the game. And so that was kind of cool. I, I liked the, the fear of the unknown of, you know... My brain has always never been able to rectify the time, how time works in these movies, because... Um, for it to happen, and then it never happened. Right, it erases everything, but the characters that... It's like Back to the Future. Yeah. The characters that were affected by it remember, but nobody else does. But, like, time passes for you when you're in the game, but... Slower and different. Slower and different, but yet you come back and time hasn't passed at all. Like, no one knows you were ever... I mean, well, but wait a minute. In Jumanji, they know that he's missing. Because Sarah's talking to them and she's... Saying, yeah, but once they go into the game and fix everything and rectify it, everything goes back to Do you normal. remember she's saying the, fa the father thought... Everything goes back to normal. Though. Remember, they stopped the parents from... They, they just said it. But they, then in the new movie... They do it the exact same way. Let's not talk about the new movie yet. But I thought you said they didn't skip time that way. No, they do. I, I didn't remember that until I read this. Okay. Just, let's not talk about the new Jumanji. So time passes, the but then all of a sudden... But when you complete the game, it reverses it. Like, it like it. erases what happened. But you yeah. still have the memory. You still have the memory of what went down. Okay. That's, that, that's the difference. Sure. Um... So yeah, well, as I was saying before you started talking... Um, See, how do you like it? I know, right? Yeah. So it, it's interesting that, you know, we remember this as like a great big Robin Williams performance, but this came around the time of, you know, it's a couple of years after Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire, he was kind of wacky and over the top. And this movie is, you know, he's kind of like the dramatic center of the movie. Yeah. And it's really a movie about the kids. And I found always found that interesting going back to it. It's also a lot darker and a lot meaner and nastier. Than I remember it being. Meaner it's not like 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 it has real world like effects. Like there, you know, the great white hunter guy is running around with a gun, like shooting at these kids. Yeah. Kids movies don't do that crap anymore. You know, even 15, 20 years later. So it's it's an interesting that this probably PG rated movie um, would probably be a little bit heavier now um, yeah. in in the ratings. But it's still a funny. It's it very much falls in line with the Goonies. And get movies an R. Like that. Oh, it definitely wouldn't be an R. I'm just saying. Whereas when we get to Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, that's very much a PG thirteen rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely for older kids. Mm -hmm. This is more for like well, what would you think um the This one? The I'd age... probably say maybe seven, eight. Yeah, eight, eight eight to ten. I feel like some of the jungle animal stuff could be a little frightening. It scared the shit out of me when I saw it. I was I like was, six or seven. When I, was, I, saw I mean it. I was older than you, obviously. No, maybe I was ten. 12. It was 95 and I was... It was pretty scary. In my teens, yeah. Like, I don't... I Our daughter, well, she's just a fluke, but I don't think she'd be scared by it. No. She'd like the animals, but... She'd love I don't think animals. it would hold her interest, but I don't know that it would scare her, but I could see, you know, kids being scared of, you know, a lot of the animals and the... You know, it's very realistic looking, but... I think she'd love it. I can't, I can't wait for her to be old enough to understand it. Mm -hmm. I think when she gets a little older, I think she's going to dig this movie. She's going to want monkeys and... Oh, yeah. Monkeys! Monkeys. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't... Completely off topic. 
Did we do a Christopher Robin podcast? We did. That was the last one we did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's going to be fine. <laughs> My brain was just thinking I'm surprised she hasn't taken her stuff poo and made him walk around the kitchen. Anyway, sorry. Off. We're now, doing a tangent. <laughs> speaking of Christopher Robin, though, our daughter asks to watch it. So we were absolutely right. Winnie Pooh? Winnie Pooh watch, Winnie Pooh watch, Christopher I Robin. I was turning this into a tangent. But anywho, um, another cool thing, we talked about how the Brantford or whatever it's supposed to be in New Hampshire was actually a lot of it filmed in Keene. And I don't know if any of you listening to this are from the area, but if you go up to Keene, New Hampshire, we have a friend who lives there, and we didn't know this. I forgot it was filmed in Keene. On the side of one of the brick buildings is still the Parish Shoes sign that they painted on There's it. There's something else somewhere, too, um, in the state. There's another painted something. It, it's somewhere. really cool. So um, it's worth checking out. Um, it just adds to that mythos of like the New England town. I, I always, mm-hmm. I always like that. Um, so any further thoughts on the original Jumanji before we dig into um, Welcome mm-hmm. to the Jungle? I want to watch it and play the game now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I just like I said, I've I've always liked Jumanji. It's always one of those movies I throw on when I don't really feel like putting something on that I want to pay attention to, but just have something on in the background. And, you know, occasionally look on, look, you know, to, now I want to get up and see if we have it on DVD, because that's really bugging me. So, <laughs> before I get into, really quick, before I get into Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, you know. So, Jumanji is, obviously, we said, the critics didn't like it all that much. People love it. There's some people that die on the hill of Jumanji, like, all the time. It's just like, oh my god, that's, that's some people's childhood, they hold on to it, they don't, and I think it's a fantastic movie. I love mm-hmm. Jumanji. But also... I'm not against the idea of them making more, and I'm not against the idea of them doing something different. So when I saw the trailer for Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, it's like, oh, that's an interesting take. That should be really interesting. But I gotta say, even when you start watching the movie, which we'll get into, it has to earn you, like, accepting it, because it's very different. And and we're gonna get into that. Um, So I'll start this one. Should we spoiler alert this? Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't spoiler seen... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! We need, like, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, but it's available everywhere now, yeah. so... Um, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is a 2017 American fantasy you get adventure... you first? Because I said I was going to this time. Fine. Comedy film. Directed by Jake Kasdan, who... Surpri- that's Lawrence Kasdan, um, his son of uh, the Big Chill and other Amazing Things fame. Um... This is his Orange son, County. Jake Kasdan, who also directed Orange County, which I absolutely love. It's a, another Jack Black vehicle, which actually had Tom Hanks' son Colin in it as well. And written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Scott Rosenberg, and Jeff Pinker, which was based on a story by McKenna. This is part of the Juman- Jumanji franchise. What do you mean by based on a story by, Mc- by... By McKenna, Chris McKenna. No, but what story? He wrote a story that then became the screenplay. I don't know. Okay, Interesting. The film is a sequel to the 1995 Jumanji, which we just talked about, which was based on the 1981 children's book of the same name by Chris Van Allsburg, which we also just talked about. This movie pays tribute to Robin Williams, who was the star of the original film, by mentioning his character's name. In addition, there's a replica of the board game piece. Doesn't look exactly the same, but it's a callback to it. Used by Williams' character, which also appears as a clue for Jumanji Games' new players. The film stars Dwayne Johnson, that's The Rock, for those of you that don't know him by his real name, having an absolute blast. Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, Nick Jonas, and Bobby Cannavale. 
Set 21 years after the original Jumanji, it follows four teenagers who are transported into the video game world of Jumanji and play as their chosen characters. Joining another player, they must overcome the game's magical power to win and return home. Now, intentionally, before we get into the plot, I'm going to do a little record rewind here and go, but Chris and Sarah, Jumanji was about a board game. Why are you talking about a video game? That's what makes this cool and different. So the idea that this movie plays out is that Jumanji, being a board game, turns out that kids in the 90s are kind of bored of board games, um, which is kind of an interesting callback to the original film where these two kids kind of pick up this dusty old board game from the you know late 1800s or whatever, and it's surprising that they're even interested in playing it. This movie goes, yeah, the game gets the kids don't like it anymore, so it turns itself into a video game. But that's just kind of what we're assuming happened. No, it even, it, the kid like is like throws the board game at the beginning of the movie and goes, I'm bored of that, and it changes it. It starts shaking and the drums play, and he opens oh, it up and it's turned that. itself into a video game. Oh, okay. So it's very cool. And then that kid gets um, transported into the game, and then he's a missing kid in this same town, which this just seems to happen a lot in. Is it still the I think it's still Brantford, yeah, which is strange. But anywho. That's why I swore the White House that they show him go into was from Could the be. original movie. So um, you can start here now. All right. Principal photography began in Honolulu in September 2016 and ended in Atlanta in December. December. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle premiered at the Grand Rex. Uh, in Paris. In Paris. Shut up. On December 5th, 2017, it was theoretically. Theatrically released in the United States on December 20th in Real D, 3D, and IMAX. Distributed um, by IMAX by Sony Pictures, released under. Do we even need to read all this crap? Yes. Columbia Pictures labels, and unlike its pre predecessor, which was tr distributed by TriStar Pictures, the film received generally positive reviews from critics who called it a pleasant surprise and praised the cast. It grossed it over. 100. Uh, 962 million, million worldwide. worldwide. I was yawning. Becoming the fifth highest grossing film of 2017 and the 42nd highest grossing film of all time. Really? Pretty crazy, huh? Wow. A sequel is released, scheduled to be released on December 13th of next year. Surprise, surprise. In 1996, in Brantford, New Hampshire, you are right, teenager still... Alex Vreek Only it's not filmed in Keene this time. is given the Jumanji board game by his father, who found it on a beach. Dun, 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 dun. Uninterested, he sets the game aside. That night, it transforms into a video game cartridge, which catches Alex's attention when he is awakened by the Jumanji drum beats. When he begins playing it, he disappears into the game. Aw, oh, shit, not again. Those kids ever learn. 20 years later, four students in Branford High School are sentenced to detention. Spencer Gilpin and his former friend Anthony Fridge Johnson for cheating, Bethany Walker for making a phone call during an English test, and Martha Capley for refusing to participate in gym class and insulting her teacher. In the school basement where they are serving their detention, Fridge discovers Alex's discarded video game system, and he and Spencer decide to play. Although it has five playable characters, they are unable to select the first one, so they choose two others and convince the girls to play as the remaining two. When Spencer presses start, they are transported into the game. It's it's weird. It's like a breakfast club kind of thing. And they're, I've just realized that the way they're transported hands first is the same way exactly. it worked in the first movie. 
Um, they land in a jungle in the forms of their avatar. Spencer is a tough, muscular explorer and archaeologist named Dr. Smolder Bravestone. Smolder. I.e. The Rock. And in real life, Spencer is just a, a gangly nerd. Yep. Fridge is a diminutive zoologist named Franklin Mouse Finbar. And, obviously, Frenchie's a big, tall football player. A yeah, big, tall football player, and he turns into Kevin Hart. Bethany is an overweight male cartographer named Professor Shelley Oberon. She picks it thinking it's a girl. But it's Sheldon, Lee. and it's Jack Black. Yes. And she's, you know, thin, blonde, you know, your typical snobby bitch. Um, and Martha is a female... Is a, fem, a female commando and martial arts expert named Ruby Red Roundhouse, and as you can assume, she's just a normal Martha's just a normal geeky liberal girl. They each have live. Uh, they each have three lives marked on their arms. If Bethany immediately loses one after being eaten by a hippo, Spencer deduces that if they lose all three, they die for real. They oh learn no, the, for real! <laughs> they learn the game's story from non-playable character or NPC Nigel. Corrupt archaeologist Russell Van Pelt. I didn't realize his name was Russell Van Pelt. They turned the Great White Hunter into that guy. Stole the Jaguar's eye, a magic jewel from its shrine, cursing Jumanji. Nigel escaped Van Pelt with the jewel, and players must return it to the Jaguar statue and call Jumanji to lift the curse. Nigel warns that the Van Pelt will stop at nothing to retrieve the jewel, which gives him control of all of Jumanji's animals. They begin tackling the game's increasingly difficult levels, losing lives as they do so. The four are rescued by Alex, the missing fifth player, whose avatar is Pilot Jefferson Seaplane McDonough, taking shelter in a jungle house built by the game's previous player, Alan Parrish. So there's your cool tie-in to Robin Williams' character there. Alex believes that he has been in the game for a few months and is distressed to learn that it has really been 20 years. The newcomers vow to help him return home. They break into a transportation shed. Commanding a helicopter commandeering. to commandeering, commandeer the ship, a helicopter to fly to the jaguar statue and return the jewel. But Fridge drops the jewel into a herd of white rhinoceros. Spencer sacrifices one of Fridge's, Fridge's lives, pushing him out of the helicopter as a distraction, and retrieves the jewel. Alex loses his last life when a mosquito bites him, but Bethany performs CPR and transfers one of her lives to him. At the statue, the players are surrounded by a pack of jaguars and Van Pelt's forces. They outmaneuver their opposition while Spencer and Martha race to the statue. Van Pelt confronts Martha and demands the jewel, but she sacrifices one of her lives to escape the respawning, allowing her to get the jewel to Spencer. With the players on their last lives, they end the game with Van Pelt disintegrating into a bunch of rats and return to school basement. Though without Alex, they find the formerly dilapidated Varique home restored and decorated for a Christmas family gathering. An adult Alex arrives, having returned to 1996 when the game ended. Now married with children, he reveals he named his eldest daughter after Brittany out of gratitude for saving Bethany. his life. Bethany. And he's also played by Colin Hanks. So that would stand to reason that he told his wife what happened. Oh, yeah. Spencer and Fridge reconcile. Bethany begins caring for the others more than herself and plans a summer wild wilderness backpacking adventure. Martha and Spencer become romantically involved, and the four are now friends after experiences in the their experiences in the game. When they hear Jumanji's drumbeats, they begin they bring the game behind the school, and Fridge destroys it to prevent anyone from playing it again. 
However, to add to the mystique, the credits end with the sound of the drum beats yet again, insinuating that Jumanji will be back. Which we now know it will. So, your initial experience with this being today... Well, I started it, like, what, a month ago? Yes. I really liked it. Um, at first, I was skeptical about it being a board game, but I like... You mean a video game? Video game, but I like how they made the characters, you know, you that they pick be what they were, and, the, you know, they changed it, so it wasn't the same four people. It was what they looked like their character. And I like how they had the non-playable characters that only say the one or two lines and you get hysterical. as frustrated with them in the movie as you if you're actually playing the damn game. I um I thought that was amazing. I think it'd be cool to go through each of the four main people because um it's this this movie and, and I'll get into, you know, with talking about if it's appropriate for your kids and what the age is, but the thing I like the most about this movie is that it uses the actors they chose to play these kids in the game yeah. to flip what your expectation of it would be. Like when when I saw the the preview for this and saw Karen Gillan dressed up in you know her Tomb Raider style you know cut off shirt and everything, I'm like, oh god, what the hell are they doing here? And then you get it, it's like, oh, she's playing a video game character. Oh, I yeah. get it. And the video and so she comments on it. I feel like I'm walking around in a bathing suit right now. And you know, the so let's go is, through each of them. This movie could actually even stand on its own away from being a Jumanji yes, it could. movie. You know what I mean? They would probably have to spin a little bit as to how they ended up in a video game. But I like that about it, that it could be a Jumanji, but then it could not be Jumanji. It could be its own video game. It stands game. in its own right, for sure. And it's right, a really cool sure. premise, and I do want a sequel, and I hope it's as good. And I wonder where they'll, where they'll take the game this time, you know. Will they keep it a video game? I mean, is it going to be a cell phone game? Right. Who knows, right? Is it going to be, um, like, or is it just going to be a social networking website altogether? Or is it going to go back to being a board game now that board games are in things? It's very interesting. So, so let's talk, so let's talk first with The Rock. Because The Rock is playing nerdy Spencer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk about him. Um, I wish we had the write-ups on here. That's okay. We'll see if we can remember. His strengths, what was his strengths? His, his strengths were that he, he was, what is he, he was an archaeologist, yeah. he was super strong, super fast, and his weaknesses were none. <laughs> Which is The Rock. He didn't right? have any? Yeah, his weaknesses were none. Okay. <laughs> and so everyone kind of looked at him funny. And what, what, what one of his strengths was, was his smoldering. Yeah. <laughs> and the music were like, hey, how do you do that? Do you control it? It just happens naturally. And what's great about The Rock is, you know, it's a kid being in his body, so he spends a lot of the movie, like, poking at his pectoral muscles, but then, like, he'll go over and just start going, don't cry, don't cry, and, like, scream when he sees an animal or a bug or something yeah. like that. It's so friggin' funny. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the, the Rock, obviously, we know he knows how to have fun. Yeah. And he was perfectly cast in this him. role. But let's talk about Jack Black, who should be, when you see a trailer... For Jack Black showing, and I love Jack Black to death, but when he shows up in these family, more family-oriented movies, you know, I like the tenacious D, Jack Black, and yeah. he has to be a lot more subdued you here. You forget in these movies that it's the same guy. But he's playing a very self-absorbed, attractive teenage girl yeah. who's trapped in his body, and that should be a one-note joke, and they have so much friggin' fun with it. So to t tell me, tell them a little bit about, you know, that. <laughs> so the the big running joke is the penis. 
Yes, and, and of course they give Jack Black the character that is obsessed with a penis. But instead, it's a teenage girl being obsessed with the fact that she has one. Now. But I don't see. I don't see that the that type of girl, like the blonde bimbo chick, being the kind of girl that would be like, "Oh, cool, I got a penis." I feel like she'd be the one that'd be like grossed out by having one. Yeah, but still, she said she goes, "I've been dreading this moment." Because I've had to pee all day and I've been yeah. dreading what. So it's more of just a, I'm I'm unsure. How does this thing? Work? So there's a scene where the two guys have to show her, but as Jack Black, how to pee, and it's the funniest goddamn thing. And it's done very, um, it's done very. I wouldn't call it tasteful because it's it's a, you know it's it's a pee joke, yeah. but it's done very. Um, what's the word? Kiddly. Innocently. Yeah. And it's really funny. And I can relate to it in a way because. I'm a girl, obviously. I have girl parts. And I grew up with an older sister. I didn't have a little brother or an older brother. Or I didn't babysit any little boys. I didn't wasn't close to any of my, you know, cousins that were boys. So, finding out I was having a son, I was completely freaking out. Because I know nothing about taking care of a penis. Nothing. I, that's not my, my area of expertise. I don't know anything about it. So having to change, you know, a male's diaper, having to know when, when it looks like it could be, you know, infected or if it has any kind of issues, I always have to ask Chris questions. And, of course, even though he has one, he's still useless as all hell. Yep. <laughs> useless. When it comes to that. I'm like, is this normal? I don't know. Well, you have one. Yes. So, yeah. So I can relate to the, to the, the not knowing <laughs> how it all works. Yes, and so I think that's kind of more where it comes from. Is it's just a, it's a curiosity, and it's a childish curiosity. And I, I like that we can have movies that can have kids, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old in a movie. I think that's the age they're supposed to be. But still, note that there's some innocence to it. It doesn't have to be that they immediately have to talk like adults now and have everything figured out. And it was funny because she, he was also talking, you know, because she was also, like, obsessed with her phone and social media and always, you know, updating her statuses on whatever. So all throughout the movie, you know, Jack Black and a high-pitched girly voice, so I was like, well, I need my phone. Like, I need to update my status. It was just really funny. What do we say? His strengths were... He was a cartographer. He was a cartographer. He was a um, he wasn't the zoologist. That's Kevin Hart, and he, yeah, he could read the maps. And he was and um, I forget what else, but his weaknesses were basically everything: speed, strength, and um, no speed and strength was. But, but these were his weaknesses. That no speed and weaknesses. Ke- Kevin Hart, yeah. I forget what his weaknesses were now. Uh, it's it's okay. They they were funny, but um, but anyway, um, Jack Jack Black's he made the character so much more. Than it really should have been. He was Venom. He was the funny one. Um, it's all good. We speed can't... and strength. What the hell was his? I, I don't remember. But That's going to bother me. Well, we, we can look, look it up, up and update it after. But but anyway. Um, so, there, you talked about the thing with the phone. So, the character of Alex is played by Nick Jonas. Um, who's actually really good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Jonas brothers. And he's stuck in the 90s. When you first see him show up, you know, everything's tubular and, and gnarly. And he says all these things. And she keeps, Jack Black's character keeps, you know, going, uh, I need my phone. I miss my phone. And he goes, I take it in 20 years later, phone means something different than it means to me. <laughs> I was like, that's a great line. Um, so who do we have next? We have Karen Gillan as Ruby Roundhouse. Yeah. She's she's pretty cool. Um 
you know, she's supposed to be like a Laura Croft Tomb Raider, and you know, obviously she's the nerd girl, so she's yeah. They basically they, stuck like Velma from Scooby Doo into Lara Croft. <laughs> so, that's a good yeah. yeah. And so she's got like or the, Daria. like short shorts and like a you know crop top on, and the girl's like trying to like cover herself up and wrap herself in clothes because she feels so naked. It's funny. One of the best pieces of humor that comes from that is one of her strengths, and they all get very confused by reading it earlier is dance fighting, and so they um. <laughs> Jack Black tries to teach her how to flirt so they can fend off a couple of NPCs, which goes very, very wrong, as it should. Instead of it being, like, uh, a movie that would praise her for acting kind of sleazy, she just stumbles through it, and it's hysterical. It's so much goddamn fun. And then ends up realizing when the music kicks on, and she's like, wait a minute, what's happening to me? That she can dance fight. And it's a goddamn riot, and it's something that has to be be beheld to watch in the movie. And Karen Gillan's just awesome in it. And her playing a nerd stuck in an attractive woman's body is really funny, and they do a lot more with it than you'd expect. And so that brings us to Kevin Hart. Oh, I love him. He's so good in this. He's he's a little black guy, and he's... His his weak what was his strengths? His, we- his, his strengths, strengths were all the zoology stuff, did. but his weakness is cake. And he goes, "Cake? What? Like I really like cake." And so he ends up eating a pound cake at one point of the movie. It explodes. <laughs> he goes, "Your day is going bad. I explode when I eat cake." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "And speed's a weakness." And was it strength? Was he <laughs> speed and strength? And the funny thing is he's the football player, right? So he's yeah. like, he, the, he does have one line that brings it into very high PG-13 area of, of jokes. And it's a little bit of a lowbrow joke even for this movie. But I found it funny when they're all sitting there peeing. And he turns and they go, so, uh, talking to the girl. It's like, oh, you mean, I didn't want to look at it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> wow, my throat's dry. <coughs> I'll have to edit this out. Um, it says they're all talking about whether they looked at their penises and you know the rock character goes i've been afraid you know to look at it the kid's like real timid and you know jack black's hair is like oh i looked at it immediately and then the other kid um kevin hart's character goes i i looked at it within 30 seconds of getting here and i'm happy to say that i was able to take something with me from the real world (laughs) i was like that's a pretty funny joke Mm. pretty lowbrow but it's a funny joke yeah, it was a really funny movie. I really liked it. Um, I want to watch it again. Yeah, Kevin Hart's a goddamn riot. The rest of the cast is kind of disposable. The villain, you know, it's a video game villain, so it's kind of written that way. Um, but the action is great. The tie-ins to Jumanji are great. Um, I had a blast with it. Yeah. It, it like, like the critics said, this is a big surprise, and I'm happy to see where they go. Mm-hmm. And it obviously started as something that wasn't a Jumanji movie. You know, and they shoehorned it in, and I, I like what they did by shoehorning it in. So, um, what do you think uh, about um, the age this is appropriate for? It's definitely a lot more... I'd say around the same age, starting age. You think so? Because yeah. I, I, feel, I feel this is kind of in the more, like, 11, like 11 to 13-year-old. You think so, it. even yeah. with all the dick jokes? Yeah, I mean... Alright, that's cool. That's all kids are. We are dick and no. Fart I'm just. And... I'm just wondering. I, I. I. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. Um. I mean, you'll get your own mileage out of it. I'd say if if they were okay with the original movie, there's nothing scarier in this movie. I mean, if you're a boy going to see this movie, you 
yeah. got a penis. So that is that is a very shock. that is a very good point. You know? it, it, it's a cool return to form. This falls into like the Goonies yeah. like category of films. If in fact, if you feel your kids, I mean, it's rated PG thirteen, so you know, there's your yeah. But no, I don't see. Anyway, okay. I hold on. I don't see a younger kid, you know, a kid a little younger having an issue with it or it being too inappropriate. Cool. So, uh, any more thoughts on Jumanji? Um, no. I don't, I don't think so. I liked it. I want to go back and see what Jack Black's character's weakness is because I don't remember. Right. I don't like not and remembering. I, I enjoyed you know, one that we should probably do at some point on this because you haven't watched it yet. Is I really enjoyed Jack Black and Goosebumps. Oh, and watching this, there's some stuff that reminded me of Moana. Like the jewel oh, yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of the, the side of the mountain. That reminded me a lot of Moana. And there was something else that reminded me a lot of Moana, too. I'm sure you'll remember it. Oh, well, The Rock being in it, for one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, The Rock didn't sing in this one. And there was nothing really that shiny. Except for the, the stone. Um. So, yeah, that's about it on Jumanji. Thank you to Chris Finnick again for the idea. Um, it was good to get back into this, and we'll have hopefully another episode soon after this one. Um, as always, you can post com- comments, topic ideas, anything else to the patreon.com slash the Chippa or to my YouTube page. Um, Chippa made this, or it's also the Chipman Brothers Tangent, Talkbuster, shooting the shit with Chippa. Um, and on a more serious note, you know, this is a podcast about sharing stuff with our kids. We're parents, we have friends that are becoming parents or trying to, and um, without going into any detail, really, just in light of recent events involving people really close to us, we just want to ask you guys, if you're listening to this, to hold your children a little tighter when you see them. Cherish every moment, please. Um, we're here and we're happy to be here, but not everybody gets that option. So, we love you guys and thank you for listening. Um, and also, this time, we say in honor of Stan Lee. We say you all. Uh, there's no shame in being a geek, no matter how old you are. Thank you guys very much. Bye.